Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or close it, he's in. A backhander to save by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Magnuson, and he puts that guy down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. Odyssey Chicago Hockey Insider, Jay Zawoski. Blue Wire Podcast. Came off the boards. He shoots. He's going down to the teams. A game-winning goal. The Hawks live to fight another day. Rolling back. Sobel and drives. Get the drop. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. Play the center for Taves. He's got to break away. Taves to win the game. Hawks win. Hawks win. Down to the Taves. Brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. Fry the Coop. And by the Cincinnati Law Group. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we can't seem to just talk about hockey stuff. All that other stuff kind of keeps coming back to the forefront, and here we are again. I am James Naveau from NBC5, and with me, as always, is Jay Zawoski of Odyssey, of the I'm Fat Podcast, of many, many fine restaurants and establishments that he's eaten at and reviewed. Jay, I envy your life, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you are dug out of uh, Snowmageddon 2022 down there in Kankakee. I know you guys got, I think everybody got hammered a little bit, but you especially got pounded. Uh, So I'm glad everything's okay on your end. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I think you know this is not going to be the most uh, happy-go-lucky episode we've ever done. Um, it's going to be basically all bad. So thanks for being here, despite the uh, circumstances. Uh, it's It's been a tough week to be a Hawks fan, but make sure you send us an email. MadhousePod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at MadhousePod. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. And on Facebook, Madhouse Hockey Pod. You can find our Tee Public shop. That link is in our bio. Get yourself some uh, Madhouse Pod swag. Look cute in front of your friends. Who doesn't want to look cute in front of their friends, right? Uh, <laughs> apologizing ahead of time for my voice. I am at the end game of COVID. Feeling fine, but just kind of got some <clears throat> some stuff going on back there while I uh, kick this thing finally. Um, but James, where do we begin? Do we begin with Rocky Words being a complete asshat yesterday? Do we begin with the town hall that started off okay until Rocky derailed it? Do we start with... 
the G- the first GM rumored to be interviewing uh, for the Hawks job, or the latest sexual assault victim? The floor is yours, think, my friend. Take your pick. I think since we problems. could be comedically angry about the GM candidate, I think we save that. I think the more important news that's kind of broken in the last two days and the one that's gotten all sorts of national attention was the way that uh, Rocky Words handled himself during Wednesday's town hall. If you haven't heard about this, which if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Blackhawks fan, I would think odds are you have heard about this. Well, let's, why don't we give um, it a listen before we get sure. into it here? Oh, you you actually, I was going to say, I can describe what we're going to hear, but it's pretty crazy. Uh, you don't need to describe it. Here is Mark Lazarus asking a very fair question to the Blackhawks panel of Rocky Wirtz, Jamie Faulkner, Danny Wirtz, and Eddie Olchek. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again. I'm going to answer the question at the end. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not going to talk about 2010. I'm not talking about it. I know, and I'm not either. And we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. No, I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. Yeah, uh, it cuts off there because uh, Rocky shouted over him again. But Mark Lazarus said what we're all thinking. Yeah, you said enough right there, Rocky. You He showed his ass. And uh, there's so many reasons this is horrible. Um, it's just, it was going so well. Danny was coming off well. Jamie Faulkner was coming off well. They were saying the right things. They were giving well thought out actual answers to actual questions. And this happens and derails the entire thing. And I think the the thing more so than just kind of the um, angry response to a perfectly fair question by yep. Mark Lazarus is I, I really have two follow-ups to that. One of which is how would he not have – like, did he honestly not think it was going to come up that this investigation was not going to come up just because you signed a confidentiality agreement potentially with the previous uh, litigants, the previous plaintiffs against you doesn't mean that it all just kind of goes away. And Rocky Wirtz's tone not only came off to me as extremely entitled like somebody who's never been told no in his life and couldn't believe somebody had the temerity to ask him you know a question about a very dark part of the Blackhawks history it that response to me just just smacked of privilege and it smacked of an organization that you know all statements and actions that they've made up to this point aside have they learned anything 
to me, that just screams to me, we didn't think we did anything wrong. We paid to make it go away. That's it. I mean, what other vibe can you possibly draw from that kind of an entitled and angry answer? You're right. I want to I want to be careful, though, because we're thro- a lot of people, not just you, not just me. A lot of people are throwing around they, they, they. This was clearly just Rocky. You heard Danny try to jump in and help his father save face until Rocky gave him the Heisman, right? Basically shushed him on stage, said, shut up, I'll handle this. We're not talking about it. Danny had an answer prepared. I'm sure Jamie had an answer prepared. And from all indications, they are actually the two people that are running the organization, Danny and Jamie. Rocky is a figurehead. Okay, I, I can't... I can't I can't sit here and say that. I can't I yeah, they've done some really great things, but at the end of the day, who's signing the paychecks? It's Rocky Wirtz. It's that guy. Oh, no who's doubt. Who's doing it? There's no doubt. And and he is regardless of who's actually doing the work. This is every company, right? Jeff Bezos is the face of Amazon. He's not the guy actually doing the work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the the people doing the day to day, the ones that are actually involved in changing the organization are Dan- are Danny Words and Jamie Faulkner. But you're right. Rocky's the chairman. He is the guy. When you go to the Blackhawks webpage and go to front office, he's the guy at the top. So he has to wear this. And it is fair for people to talk about them as they. I just wanted to make sure I pointed out that Danny. And Jamie, and and I think, I don't want to say to a lesser extent, but it just wasn't so obvious in his facial expression. Eddie, the panel was like, oh my God, what is going on? They were all yeah. caught off guard by that. No one expected that from Danny to Jamie to Eddie to the people in the room. Remember, Kyle Davidson's in there. All the staffers in the office are in there. They went around the room and introduced some new hires. The entire organization was in that room when that happened. And I didn't hear anyone applaud when Rocky finished his rant. It was just pure discomfort. Everyone had a, a, everyone watching everyone there had to have that pit in their stomach feeling saying, this is a side of Rocky. We have not seen publicly. We've never seen him act that way publicly. He's always been the glad hander, the smiley guy, happy go lucky. You know, this is the first outburst we've seen from him like this. And Here's the thing, too. Aside from the horrible optics, aside from the horrible message that Rocky sends, here's what else he did. He also neutered Danny, who is the one who is on top of this, you know, um, this search for a new hockey operations department. He made everyone on that panel look less powerful and less involved. And that was a game on TNT that night. And in the first intermission, and, and how did that come across to prospective, you know, general manager candidates yep. for this team? That's what I'm that getting to. He's willing to do that to his own son. Yep. You want to come work for this organization right now to ask yourself, if you are a in demand hockey general manager and you saw that display last night, are you chopping at the bit to come to the Hawks? When you look at their roster situation, you look at their cap situation and you look at the ownership situation. That's 0 for 3 for me, pal. It's 0 for 3. I would love to be the Hawks GM someday because I've grown up a fan. But for your average hockey operations dude who's paid his dues working his way up throughout the league, whoever it might be, I'm staying the hell away from the Blackhawks right now. The only thing they can do here to save face, and I won't hold my breath, 
Rocky Wirtz needs to resign. He needs to step down as chairman, hand it over to Danny, and just let him run the organization. Because with him still at the top, this is a toxic, more toxic than we thought, situation for any prospective GM or whoever it's going to be, hockey operations person, whatever. And what I will say is when you brought up uh, what Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner have done, they have been, it looks like, pushing things in the right direction. But I feel like the issue now is twofold, one of which is who's actually calling the shots because the way that Rocky acted last night, I question whether or not anybody's actually standing up to him in any conceivable way in that front office. But then I also have to point out that no matter what Jamie and Danny have done, whatever work they've been doing, they're basically back to square one because that sure portrayed that this organization has not learned a single lesson from what happened 12 years ago. It doesn't feel that way. And look, again, even if it's just Rocky and even if no one knew that was coming, again, face of the organization, that is the guy at the top of the chain. And I really think that the only answer is for him. I Look, I did a live Twitter spaces last night instead of doing a podcast and a bunch of people jumped on. I've never seen 100% condemnation for a situation. James, even during the Kyle Beach thing, there were the people, there were the yeah, but people. Yeah, but why did he wait so long? Yeah, but he's just bitter because he never made it to the NHL. Yeah, but yeah, but people were trying to excuse the Blackhawks from this responsibility, even during that disgusting situation. Last yeah. night was 100% anger from the Blackhawks fan base. I heard from more people last night saying they were done as Hawks fans than I heard during the entire Kyle Beach thing. Honestly. Well, because they thought that the organization was taking steps to address the issues of the past. And now we're left with all sorts of questions about what they're actually doing. And look, you can make Stan Bowman resign. You can fire Al McIsaac. You can't fire Rocky Wirtz. I was going to point out the the one thing he said that really kind of stuck out to me towards the very end was that he said, everybody from 2010 is gone. Yeah, except you, Rocky. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, like, and two of the people that he's brought in to be part of this GM search, Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp. And look, I'm not blaming them, but for Rocky to say, we're not talking about the past, we're looking forward to the future. No one looks into the past more than the damn Blackhawks. Andrew <laughs> Shaw Heritage Night. What are we talking about here? Looking into the past is all they have to go on right now. That's it. Yeah, we suck right now, and we're really rudderless and directionless, and we don't know who our GM's going to be, and the trade deadline's in a month, and whatever, but let's not look back. You know, it's it was so everything about last night from Rocky Wirtz's lips was the worst. Po- Seriously, if you said to me, Jay, come up with a worst case scenario <laughs> for how the town hall is going to play out, I don't think I could have dreamed that that would have been what happened. Yeah, outside of Rocky where it's literally burning the building down, I don't think that there would have been a worse way to go about that. I do, just to kind of move the conversation forward, because I know we have other things to discuss, I I do think we need to then bring up a couple of the developments that happened after the, uh, the town hall in regards to this, the first of which was Rocky Wirtz's apology last night, which I'd like to read because, yeah, it's an all-timer in terms of apologies. 
My response to two questions crossed the line. I want to apologize to the fans and those reporters, and I regret that my response overshadowed the great work this organization is doing to move forward. We have the right leaders and right processes in place to create a safe environment for our employees and players. No, you don't. Why didn't you just say that last night? Guess what? You had an unsafe environment for the reporters and the staff that were in that room with you. Yeah. You verbally attacked two of the most respected journalists in this town, sports-wise. Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson, who had the balls to stand up and be like, wait a minute, what you did to Mark Lazarus was not right. And you should have to answer for these questions. And, and Phil Thompson got the same treatment Mark Lazarus got. Only after... Wayne Gretzky, who's not said a controversial thing since he became a public figure when he was with the Edmonton Oilers, went out on national television and said, everything about this situation is horrible. And if I'm the parent of an 18-year-old kid about to be drafted, I have major concerns for my child to be drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks. That is Wayne Gretzky on your national broadcast calling your dumbass out. And that's what mm-hmm. sparked the apology. Don't think that that's a sincere apology. That is no. damage control. And it doesn't mean a damn thing. The only option here is for Rocky Wirtz to resign. That is it. You're not You're not wrong about any of that. Rocky, they also issued new statements tonight. Uh, Rocky said he felt incredibly frustrated as I perceive we were looking back instead of looking forward. Um, also said that uh, part of the plan of moving forward is putting the right people in place. He praised Danny and Jamie. They are fully empowered to put the right things in place, not just at the Chicago Blackhawks, but also at the Rockford Ice Hogs and Fifth Third Arena. So a little bit of uh, additional, I guess, context to why he was so pissed off last night. Um, yeah, new, new statement from uh, Rocky Words today. Did you see um, made the rounds at a uh, public relations spokesperson position is open for the Blackhawks? <laughs> I've been told that that has been open, but yeah, not exactly a great time to uh, have that listing yeah, up you, right now. You might want to fill that role because not to live in the past. I don't want to irritate Rocky words even further, but let's remember the unfortunate phrasing from Jonathan Taves and to a lesser extent, Patrick Kane after Sam Bowman was, uh, allowed to resign in air quotes. Um, This team desperately needs PR training desperately. It's unbelievable. Even if that's what Rocky feels in his heart, if he's grumbling like, Oh, I can't believe I had to talk about this. We already paid these off. This should go away. Here's what you do. Rocky, you're asked a question. You say, you know what? Respectfully, it was a very bad time for us. We feel we've eliminated the people that need to be eliminated. We're looking to move forward. We have many things in place to ensure this will never happen again People might not be satisfied with that answer, but they're not giving up their season tickets about that answer. They're not throwing their jerseys in the garbage. They're not abandoning their fandom because of the answer. It's unsatisfactory. It's a canned answer, but at least it is admitting that there was some fault there. And it's just, it could not have been more tone deaf. Honestly, I I was trying to think last night of another thing like this in sports to compare it to where an owner has been this out of touch and this off the rails in a public setting. It was, I I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything remotely comparable to that before. 
I, I mean, in private, I'm sure it's happened a lot, and oh, I know sure. I've seen reports about bad ownership before. So, I mean, heck, you just had, you've had accusations that the owner of the Miami Dolphins was paying his coach to lose games on purpose. I but mean, he didn't take the mic and scream at a reporter for asking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he hasn't been given a chance yet, has he? That's true. <laughs> uh, the other thing, too, speaking of that, is Rocky's like, I'm not hiding. I almost said the mm. B word. Rocky, this is the first time you've spoken since any of these allegations have come out. So did you really yeah. think it was going to be warm, cozy, snuggle time the entire time during the town hall? Absolutely. How do you not know? if you? Here's the thing. If you didn't think that question was coming, you're an idiot. Plain and, and also, simple. I will point out, it's not like Mark asked it in a disrespectful way. No, I thought he phrased. I thought he phrased it perfectly. Of course he did. And it was such. It was honestly kind of a softball. It's hey, you've said you're moving forward. How are you moving forward? Ah, we're not talking about the past. You don't work for the team. You don't get to hear about it. I think I had said, um, you're having a press. I, this is the way I phrased it last night. You're having a press conference about uh, transparency and accountability. What kind of transparency and accountability is it, Rocky? Un, undecipherable snarling is essentially how that all went down. That's correct. That's exactly what it was. Uh, and it was just just when kind of the sting of everything that happened, I don't want to say it worn off, but sort of faded to the back burner. People were starting to focus on hockey again. Bowman's gone. McIsaac's gone. People were starting to be like, okay, fine. I can reconcile with this now. It seems like the people in charge. Nope. Like you said, you're back to square one now. Now you have to do, you have to rebuild damage control from here on out. And it is it is so bad. I I'm I mean, the the last what six months, seven months have been probably the hardest it's been to be a Hawks fan in a really, really long time. It's 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 really, really tough. I mean, from an off road perspective or from a an off ice perspective, excuse me. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is definitely the biggest issue they've faced, and you know, every fan should be kind of questioning again where exactly their loyalties lie and how far they're willing to take their fandom. I mean, ask those questions. This is a team that has a huge black mark on its ledger, and they are really having to work hard to erase it, and that undid a lot of the work last night. I did before we – I know there is one – there are other stories we need to get to. Yeah. There is one more thing we need to do in the interest of fairness, I think, and that is to – uh, give the statement that Danny Wirtz also gave tonight because he actually elaborated on the question that Mark Lazarus asked, which is honestly, I think Mark and Phil would probably agree with this. That's what they wanted. Right. They didn't want an apology from Rocky Wirtz. They wanted an answer to the question. Yes. So um, this is what Danny Wirtz had to say today. Hockey culture is set by the culture we have as an organization. It's determined by the choices we make, the actions we take every single day. Hiring people with the right values, building a more inclusive workplace, doing the right thing at all times, even when it isn't easy. We are going to support and participate in the initiatives that come from the NHL, which will absolutely help our game progress. We also have put our own programs, policies, and trainings in place. For example, we've built a whole mental health department available to players and employees, are currently in the process of launching an employee-led committee focused on aspects of culture, and have implemented mechanisms to ensure any reports of noncompliance are investigated. There is no finish line to this work, which I thought was a really, that's entirely accurate. This uh, move toward a better, more positive franchise that learns from its mistakes and builds and makes positive changes there's no finish line to this. There really isn't. No, it's, it should be ever evolving. 
And as you bring in new perspectives and new outlooks and all those sort of things, you should adapt with the times and change with the times and, and do the best you can to not just get comfortable. Cause when you get comfortable is when things happen, like what happened with Kyle beach. And look, <laughs> I, I said it earlier. I think Danny and Jamie were kicking ass during the town hall. They were doing a great job. I'm like, wow, this is really impressive. I like, for instance, the question was asked, why are you not doing a president of hockey operations with a GM under him, which is a question we've all asked, right? Danny's answer yeah. was, I know who to hold accountable. If the team sucks and the draft picks are bad and the trades are bad, I don't have to find out who was responsible for what or who approved what and who didn't. It's the GM and the GM will be the one held accountable. And I like that. I think that's that makes all the sense in the world to me. That was a great answer. It wasn't like, well, you know, we just feel that this is the best. It wasn't like your George McCaskey canned cliche. It was an actual thoughtful reasonable and people might not agree with it. I, I tend to get what he's saying, but at least there was logic behind the answer and everything Jamie and Danny answered went along those lines. But then when Rocky has his outburst, it deletes all of it and nothing else said throughout the entire press conference matters an eyelash because yeah. dad had to tear it down and just dump all over it. It was just I guess I'm genuinely chaos. curious why he was even involved if that was going to be the way he was going to react. No one I guarantee you no one had any any thought that he would react that way. Everyone Unless he's reacted that way behind closed doors, which again we don't know. But then like how that, But it's a fair question to ask after something like that. Absolutely. But someone said like, "Wow, Rocky's turning into his dad." I'll tell you this. Bill Wirtz for as horrible of an owner as he was would never have acted that way in public. He might have taken a shot at a reporter here and there with like a wink and a smile, or maybe he meant it, but he would never fly off the handle like that publicly. Bill Wirtz was too smart for that. This whole thing. And also, I will point out, Rocky did just take some, he took some gratuitous shots at the Chicago Tribune too, which I was just like, why? What? What is going on here? And it was just such a weird vibe to that whole thing like it was like he was waiting to just unload on those reporters for some reason now it was and like mark bad. lazarus said it's not like they exactly have an adversarial relationship no the media if anything has been lenient on the hawks and i don't mean that as a criticism the hawks are just where they are on the totem pole of chicago sports when they're good the bandwagon fills up and then when they're average to bad You've got your 20, 30, 40,000 diehard Hawks fans that live in the city that live and die with every play. And then they get good again. The bandwagon fills. That's what they are. They're not the Bears. They're not the Cubs. They're just not. I, I did see somebody brought up that Mark Lazarus tends to tow the company line and kind of sucks up to the Blackhawks. I'm like, what planet are you living on, by the way? I, I have never seen that from him. Read. Read something. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> so annoying. I, I think people see that as, so if someone's like, these guys all suck and should all be fired. And Mark's like, well, that's probably not a smart idea. People say that that's sucking up to the organization. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I to kind of put a bow on it, the Blackhawks have a lot of work to do. I think that Rocky at the very least needs to step away from any sort of decision-making. I, I mean, he can still own the team, whatever, but the more of the reins he can hand to Jamie Wirt or to Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner at this point, the better. 
and the Blackhawks just have they have a lot of work to do after you know just it all kind of got torpedoed last night. Like I don't think it can be overstated how damaging that was to make yourself look that bad, not only in front of your own fans who, as you said, kind of universally thought it was awful and are questioning their fandom, but to do it on that national stage where you're literally getting called out by legends of the game and, you know, respected analysts in the sport, it just was, like you said, could not have been worse. Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases as an assistant Cook County State's attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases, including injuries as a result of accidents, including cars, trucks, motorcycles, bicycles, boats, planes, and buses, construction accidents, nursing home abuse, medical negligence and birth injuries, slip and fall cases, and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Sinson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107, or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N LawGroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now, and I guarantee you we'll be hearing from Kent Sinson very, very soon on this podcast as we have yet another John Doe coming out of the woodwork today, TSN's Rick Westhead uh, all over it. And maybe this sort of goes to explain uh, Rocky Wirtz's foul mood last night because he knew this was coming down. Um, Another John Doe has stepped up and is suing the Blackhawks for negligence because of um, another Bradley Aldrich abuse case. So it's just awful. Uh, I'm not going to read it here. It is very detailed. It is very gross, but the, the gist of it is a Miami University student um, is weighing a lawsuit uh, alleging that Brad Aldridge used his status and his um, Stanley Cup rings and his Olympic medals and all those things to sort of lure uh, him as a victim. And it's just horrible. So here we are. Um, uh, this student among three potential plaintiffs weighing lawsuits against the Blackhawks. Check that out from Rick Westhead. But this is not going to go away. And. As victims of Brad Aldrich, and we know it wasn't just Kyle Beach, right? We know that for a fact, and it wasn't just the people we heard about in round one. But as people see these cases getting settled and they're seeing Kyle Beach's courage to come out and talk about this thing, they're getting inspired and saying, you know what? Yeah, I've been suffering for years because of Brad Aldrich, too, and it's my turn to speak up, and it's my turn to hold the Hawks accountable. This is not going away. No matter how badly Rocky wanted to, it's not going away. And this storyline, this Kyle Beach, Brad Aldrich thing is going to hang over this organization for a long, long time. I mean, this can be summed up very easily if they had handled this properly in 2010. None of this would have happened. Yep. And now you've, you're 12 years later and now you're dealing with all of these issues. I don't have the a single shrivel of any type of sympathy for what the Blackhawks are not to go through with this. They handled this as poorly as they possibly could have. And now the chickens are coming home to roost and it's just good evidence that you need to handle the situation in the moment. Otherwise this is what ends up happening. More people continue to get hurt down the line and the repercussions just reverberate all the way through time. The, 
specific allegation that kind of involves the Blackhawks here uh, that Rick West had brought up with the former student is that Brad Aldrich confided in the student that he was gay and told him that the Blackhawks had helped him secure a job at the school. Um, we learned during the other proceedings with Kyle Beach and the other uh, plaintiff in the cases that the Blackhawks allegedly did not recommend him for any jobs but the fact remains that he clearly used the fact that, hey, I worked for the Blackhawks as basically a power trip and a tool to assault these players. That's what he continued to do. It was predatory behavior. And as you said, it's just it's heinous reading the things that Aldrich is accused of doing. And obviously these plaintiffs or these uh, potential plaintiffs having to relive all of this is taking – just a lot of courage, and again, great reporting by Rick Westhead to uh, share these stories and to kind of shine a light on a story that apparently some members of the Blackhawks brass uh, had thought had gone away. Yeah, I'm going to try to get Rick on the podcast uh, in the near future here. I'm sure he'd be happy to join us. We've got the All-Star break ahead of us. Um, we should be talking about Alex Debrinkit, All-Star, but we're not because hockey is taking a backseat to all this right now, as it should, because um, here we are again. It's just... It's just sickening. And, and you know, look, Danny and Jamie were not here when this happened with Kyle Beach, but Rocky was. And there was a little part of my brain that allowed me to think maybe Rocky did not know in 2010 that this was going on. When you know what you know about John McDonough, when you know about how he runs a tight ship, no one says anything, nothing gets out, nothing leaks, it goes away. Find a way to make it go away. You know, that's what John McDonough did. For me, there was a little sliver of doubt, like, okay, maybe Rocky didn't know. Because he always came off to me as like an aw shucks kind of a guy, right? Maybe not the most uh, savvy businessman, just kind of a figurehead who got the job when dad passed away. Um, when I saw the side of Rocky Wirtz that I saw last night, I don't have that doubt anymore. I, I, I think that, you know, that was a side of him I had not seen before. But I've known people with those personalities before. I've worked with many of them. And in front of everybody, they're all smiles and seashells and balloons. And then when any sort of controversy comes up, they are complete out of control nut jobs behind the scenes. And uh, that to me forever changed my opinion of Rocky Wirtz as a human being, as a leader, as an owner, uh, and as everything. It, it, he cannot redeem himself to me. There's nothing he can do for me to be like, okay, all is forgiven, Rocky. That was absolutely inexcusable. And, um, one of the worst moments in Blackhawks history, honestly. If we're talking about a Mount and, Rushmore of bad moments, it's on there. And, of course, these lawsuits are going to once again bring up the question of what the Blackhawks are doing to prevent these types of situations from happening in the future. So whatever efforts that they're making as an organization, they're going to have to continue to step up. And I would argue that they would have had to do that whether these – lawsuits were looming over their heads or not but I think that it just again goes to show that this is not going away there are still more skeletons uh in the closet so to speak when it comes to all of these uh heinous stories and I still I don't think we know the full truth yet and it's kind of horrifying that it's still all coming out the depths of the depths that the Blackhawks plumbed throughout this whole thing and how badly they botched it and, you know, permanently impacted the lives of dozens of people. Yep. At least. At least dozens. Yeah. All right. Do you want to come back with something uh, that also sucks but can be kind of funny? 
That <laughs> which is why I saved it for now. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, we'll take a quick timeout and come back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com. What's Fry the Coop? You know by now, the best Nashville hot chicken on the planet, not just in Chicagoland, but in the entire world. Go visit them in Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, Tinley Park, and coming soon to the Western Burbs in Darien. Get yourself those chicken tenders. Get yourself the donut chicken sandwich. You heard me. The donut chicken sandwich, the chicken and waffles, everything there is fantastic. Dine in, drink some incredible craft beer. You can't go wrong. You will love Fry the Coop. Check them out. Frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We spent the first portion of the show talking about the big news in Blackhawks land, which is the controversy once again surrounding Rocky Wirtz and surrounding the Blackhawks over past allegations of sexual assault by a former coach. Now we can move on to something that's going to make everybody angry, but in kind of a different way. The (laughs) Blackhawks, as you know, are currently looking to fill their general manager position with a permanent... uh, general manager god that was terrible but i don't care i like i'm gonna push i'm pushing forward go um so they are continuing to interview candidates as you all seen they brought in patrick sharp and eddie olchek and marion hosa to kind of hope help out with that process the first freaking name that comes out after that announcement that who is reportedly a candidate for this job and this is my fault i'm gonna take a lot of blame for this (laughs) it's not your fault Peter Chiarelli uh, apparently is a candidate for the Blackhawks GM position. That according to TSN's Darren Drager, I brought it up as a joke repeatedly that the Blackhawks were going to hire Chiarelli to replace Stan Bowman a few years ago. LOL, James jokes on you. It's not your fault. James, (laughs) I I know it's not your fault. Don't do this to me, man. It's not your fault. Don't do this to me, man. Well done. We should get uh, Oscars. What would it, I don't know what it would be for that for that little. <laughs> you like me. You really like me. <laughs> All right. So Peter Chiarelli, for if you forgot, uh, he is currently the. I'm going to read uh, from Mario Tirabassi from Bleacher Nation's piece because he's a good writer. Um, Chiarelli, currently the VP of Hockey Operations with the St. Louis Blues, formerly the GM of the Bruins from 06 to 2015. You'll remember they won at the Stanley Cup in 2011. And with the Oilers from 2015 to 2019, he's been a senior advisor with the Blues for the past two seasons before being named to his current position. While he led the Blues, the Bruins to a Stanley Cup championship, he's more well known for his managerial failures than his successes. For instance, the one for one Taylor Hall for Adam Larson trade. That was a good one. He traded Tyler Sagan, then 21 years old, from the Bruins in the summer of 2013 for, quote, not fitting the Bruins culture. He gave a rundown Milan Lucic seven years and $42 million with the Oilers in the summer of 2016. The Oilers with Connor McDavid made just one postseason appearance in his tenure as GM in Edmonton. He traded Jordan Eberle for Ryan Strom, then traded Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner, who was then waived by the Oilers. (laughs) 
<laughs> so oh there's a God. few. The last time Chiarelli was running a truly successful team was the 2013-14 season with Boston close to 10 years ago. So there you go. That's that's where Peter Chiarelli is. And there's your first name on the list of Blackhawks GM candidates. He also tra- he also traded uh, Drake Kajula and Jason Garrison for Brandon Manning. Let's not forget. <sighs> that was a good one, though. <laughs> Well, it was for the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe he knew all along that he was going to end up here, and oh my god, uh, so bad. How is Drake Kajula doing nowadays? I don't know. He's always hurt. I have no idea either. Yeah, there's so many former Blackhawks who have thrived after leaving the team. I honestly kind of lose track. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of them all. I'm looking it up right now with the Buffalo Sabers, of course. 18 games, two goals, three assists. Yeah, yeah not whatever. doing, not doing great. But right. Not not to make me, you know, cry or anything. No, don't make you, I don't want to make you cry. Um, here's the thing. And I love Eddie Olchek. And I know he knows hockey as well as anybody. I don't know what uh, Patrick Sharp and Marion Hose's credentials are in terms of a GM search. I'm not saying they're not qualified. I just right. don't know what qualifies them. Maybe you're also you're also saying they don't have final say, which of course is most likely accurate. Yeah, but. My fear is your so the the person really leading this from the hockey sense is Eddie O. Again, love Eddie O. Great guy, always nice to me, always nice to us, etc. Totally. But Eddie's an old school guy. He is an old school hockey guy. And my hope was when you're assembling a committee, the best way to do that is you have somebody like Eddie and you've got a giant hockey nerd and they're all bouncing ideas off each other, right? Or you've got two Eddies and two nerds and two... It's like the uh, ice hockey team at NES. Two fats, a medium, and a skinny, right? Like you're trying to build the perfect lineup. <laughs> That's what you should be, do- should be doing with this. And I don't know what Patrick Sharp's hockey philosophy is. I don't know what Marion Hose's hockey philosophy is, aside from I'm better than you, get out of my way. I'm going to hold you off with one hand and score with the other. I don't know what his hockey operations philosophy is so it's hard to predict where this is going to be but if this is the first candidate it doesn't mean it's the first one they've talked to or will talk to but of course it's not the first name to leak out Ugh. that to me is a bad sign they're looking for retread old guys who have you know have done it before that haven't been successful in a long time this to me is not the sort of thing that 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 brings in the new generation of Blackhawk hockey, what is so desperately needed. This comes to me as Stan Bowman light or heavy. I don't know uh, who weighs more. I do. <laughs> I always do have to ask the question when these types of things come out is who leaked this, who stands to take advantage of leaking this information is yeah. Chiarelli the trying to signal that he's interested, <laughs> interested in other jobs. Like, is that something that he would do? Is this somebody in the Blackhawks going, Hey, this search is being ha- handled really stupidly. Can we please go in a different direction? I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why that would leak out, but that that's always something that I keep in mind. First and foremost, the second thing that honestly concerns me a little bit is, is Peter Chiarelli the best they can do right now because of how bad the situation is with the construction of the roster um and and not only that but how about what happened last night how many well how many people did i'm not sure how much of a correlation there is there just because it's that's so recent 
right. uh, or at least the Rocky Wirtz element of it is so recent. I'm wondering if that would have had any impact, but yeah, just kind of, is that where the job is right now that a guy like Chiarelli, who honestly, other than the Stanley cup in Boston, hasn't really constructed a winning culture anywhere. Is that really the best that you're going to be able to do? That's not a great sign if that's the case. No. Um, and look, we might find out another candidate tomorrow that we really like and that makes all the sense in the world or is more, you know, a new school sort of approach. And look, I think the fact that they, I think a lot of people kind of scoff that they talk to Jed Hoyer and, and people outside of hockey. I just think picking as many brains as you can is a good thing, right? Like, why would you not talk to as many people who have had success in sports management as you can? And Peter Chiarelli has had a little bit of sports success. And much like Danny Wirtz said last night, the GM's job is not just making trades and managing the cap. There's a lot more to it, right? There is the mm -hmm. whole like administrative side of being a GM too, which is actually what Stan Bowman was pretty good at, was finding his way out from cap trouble that he created for himself. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was good at the administrative, not so good at the talent analysis thing. Um, and you had people in the organization, scouts and uh, scouts, et cetera. And look, Kyle Davidson, I think, demonstrates it very well. There are people in the organization that disagreed with Stan Bowman on a lot of things, but he's the guy sure. with the final say. And I think there were a lot of people, I know for a fact, actually, there were a lot of people in the organization working for Stan Bowman that were displeased with a lot of his roster decisions and the way he was handling um, the construction of the roster. So, I don't know. Chiarelli is is the number one per, number, not like top ranked, but this is the first person they're talking to, and uh, we'll see. I, I just hope it's not a bunch of these retread names. I don't want to see Dale Talon back here, <laughs> you know. Like I don't give me some some new blood. Give me some young blood. Give me someone with new ideas. That's what I'm looking for. So Kyle Davidson. Right now, if you had to pick Davidson or Chiarelli, what would you pick? I'd pick Davidson. Me too. Me too. And I. I mean, what's he going to do? Make it worse? I know it's not going to be worse. Right. Exactly. And, you know, just hearing the way he talks and hearing the, and seeing sort of the moves he's made so far, he seems to understand it. Right. And yeah. and he's I think he's been patient with prospects. He hasn't gone nuts and started trading everyone right away. I think he's trying to let ma value value maximize ahead of the trade deadline where someone like Calvin DeHaan maybe isn't appealing right now, but. Maybe that team looking for a depth defenseman that misses out on target number one or target number two panics and gives you more for Calvin DeHaan, right? So I think his patience has been good. We'll see what happens. I, the plan is for him to not be GM or at least whoever the new GM is to be in place before the deadline. That was what the initial statement said, I think. Yep, that is ex that's exactly what it said. So they've got, what, about a month and a half now? Yeah, it's March 21st. Lousy smarch weather. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I have the press release right in front of me. I'm trying to find where it says that. Doo -doo -doo. I am 99% certain they said they their goal is to have the GM position filled by the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm almost certain it said that too. I'm just I'm trying to read and talk at the same time, which is never a good idea. Because no, that's I'm when you say things dumb. like off road instead of off ice. <laughs> yes, it is. It is exactly like that. I like being self-deprecating. It's fun. Well, if you make fun of yourself, uh, no one will make fun of you. That's why I have an I'm Fat podcast. 
No one's going to call me fat. In, like, in yeah, a great podcast it is, too. <laughs> everybody should listen to it after this one, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We hope it wasn't too big of a downer. Um, but I'll say this. If you're pissed at the Hawks, let them know. Send an email. Yeah. Send a letter. Uh, make a phone call. Let them know. And I'm telling you, those things matter. They do matter, and they do make an impact. You might feel like your email is going into some inbox that no one looks at. Um, chances are they're looking because I think there's a lot of people in the organization that are as angry about it as you are. So we'll leave it at that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back very, very soon. Going to try to get Rick Westhead on the podcast. We're going to talk to um, uh, Ken Simpson too before uh, the All-Star breaks over. So lots of good stuff coming up. Don't go anywhere. And then make sure you start enjoying Olympic hockey. Really good stuff so far uh, from the women's team. So Great win for the U.S. today, man. They looked awesome against a really tough Finland team. The U.S. definitely, they got a chance to win gold, man. They look great. It's going to be fun. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, and by the Sins in Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.